Hello and welcome to another episode of Super Black. We are your hosts, Carl and Daniel. What's going on, folks? And today we are going to discuss one of the best, one of the longest running black heroes in Marvel history. Uh, not the first, but definitely one of the best. Mr. Luke Cage, Power Man, the strongest man alive. Not really. <laughs> so first and foremost, I want to get your thoughts how do you like Luke Cage as a character in general, as a whole? You, 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 you came in and you saw Luke Cage one day. Do you remember the first time you actually read like a Luke Cage story or saw him on screen or, or saw him on a, in a comic book? Do you remember that? The first time I ever saw Luke Cage was back in the early 90s when I was buying the Marvel cards, Marvel Comics cards. Ah, yes. And the first time I ever saw his image was the classic yellow button-down shirts with the chain around his waist. And I remember looking at that, it's like, that's very 70s. Like, you couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't escape that that's what that was. Like, very, very 70s, even down to the hair. Let's, yeah, let, that's a great point, and I'm glad you brought that up first. Let's talk about his look and feel over the years, because I feel like that is... Luke Cage is a time capsule, you know? Every iteration of Luke Cage represents a decade in American history, I feel. Like, he, when he was born in the 70s, dude looks like he was born in the 70s. Like, he's got the very big brim collar. He's got the, you know, the, the shirt open down the chest. He's got the afro. He's got some sort of, like, silver bandana bangle covering his, uh, his forehead, splitting up his afro. You know, he's got the classic superhero kind of look and feel with this giant weird chain, like you mentioned. But then later on in his uh, tenure as a superhero, I think like the 80s or whatnot, they got rid of the afro. So he had like more of a short cropped haircut and a leather jacket. And he, he moved the bangle from the top of his head down to his belt. So if, if anyone's never seen Luke Cage or if you've seen a, a picture of Luke Cage before, imagine this silver kind of tiara, the upside down tiara on this on his head. He takes it, makes it bigger and uses it as a belt. He had the That's, 90s fade. He had the 90s fade. He totally had a 90s fade. Yep. Like he went from the 70s look where like, totally stuck in that decade to having a 90s look to now. He's kind of a more generic looking uh, black guy. He's just a bald big black guy uh and actually before he became just a regular ball big black guy he was a big black guy with like a, a wife beater on and you know he had i remember he had a gold ring like a whole like those hold fisted rings that said like luke cage on it oh, oh i i was wondering if you didn't get to that because people tend to leave that part out i don't know if it was like a blemish or what a marvel uh, but the max series yeah. like he was straight up he was a gangster. Yeah, yeah he up. was a complete thug. Mm -hmm. He he had uh he wore chains. He had I I'll never forget that that kind of like uh the nameplate rings that he had that said Luke Cage on it. Like it's it was such a strange direction to take him in, but also completely in line with his character because he was uh at the start I believe he was uh a member of the Bloods and he was like a petty thief and a gang member so i guess they were taking that aspect of it and turning it into something a little bigger but his outward appearance was very it it kind of i didn't like that one only because i mean thugs thugs are just violent people you know like and i don't want to associate my superhero 
with such a negative look, which is why I think they buried it. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you can't you can't sell that look to comic book character uh, comic book lovers only if those guys are like gangbangers, I guess. And would they even be interested in a comic book? Yeah, it's 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 a harder sell. So they they kind of shied away from it, and they actually turned him into a family man. So then he just becomes this regular, regular old dude, but he has superpowers. Yeah, it's like he became the leader of the New Avengers for a little while, and yeah. then his wife went to Canada when the whole Civil War thing was happening. And his wife is uh, Jessica Jones. There you go. Thank you. I don't know why that just slipped my mind for that brief second. It's because I put you on the spot. I wanted to say alias. That's what happened. Like the first thing popped <laughs> it, was like, it no, that's been, not right. No, it would have been correct because that was the name of her, her uh, agency. But ah, yes. I would have I, I just said like, and her name actually is. <laughs> <laughs> like, you'll get there. Hmm. I know you know it. But right. So which, which of the incarnations of Luke Cage's look and feel do you like more? Um, right now, I'm a big fan of the new artist, uh, Sanford, because like, it still has the classic yellow um, yellow top of Luke Cage, mm-hmm. but it's it's more business, right? Very that, much. Because yeah. the one thing I realized, the looks they've kept throughout the years for Luke Cage is always a yellow top. And everything just kind of like goes around it. Yeah, you had the, the leather jacket for a little while, but there's always like the yellow top that's involved. And the new one looks like he's an adult, an Very adult businessman. Yes. He looks like a businessman. Yes. So I'm, I'm completely down with that one. You know, um, the old one's like very reminiscent of 70s black exploitation. Yeah. And, we'll you know, they'll forever be known. Like, you know, if that's the first thing that pops to your mind when you hear Luke Cage. But I'm a big fan of what they're trying to present now. It, the, the new books, while I, I've only read a, the first few, are very good, very well written. And the art is gorgeous. Oh, I, yes. I am a big fan of the new books and their, their art style. And I agree. His new look is very uh, is a nice take on it with the yellow shirt. He wears like a suit or perhaps like a, uh, one of those vests. Like he has his yellow shirt with a, a bit like a business vest on, like a suit vest or something. And he's just, just this giant imposing man. He almost looks like uh, Michael Clark Duncan in his take on um, Kingpin. Yes. The Daredevil movie. Yeah. He looks just like that. So if you guys can go and, and see a picture of Michael Clark Duncan playing Kingpin, that's basically what Luke Cage looks like now. Mm-hmm. Replace the white shirt with the yellow shirt. You got it. Yep. So... I'm on the other side. I love, love, love the 70s look. I think that is the funkiest, funniest outfit you can put on a superhero and have him go whoop somebody's ass. And it's everything about the 70s comic, uh, we were talking about this off cast, is still pretty relevant today. Like you can go back and read those books and you still see some weird things that happen in the book that occur these days. And, but it's, it's like wrapped in a filter of the seventies that I really enjoy. And maybe it's because I'm a big fan of the warriors. Mm-hmm. Love that movie. Ah. So it, it reminds me, it, he looks like he belongs in that movie, which I will always love. And I will always get behind. That's a very good point. Never thought about it that way. No, okay. So I have a newfound respect for that costume now. Like it, it's, it, it's really iconic, right? Because when you think of Luke Cage, if you're like, uh, 
a comic book character, uh, comic book lover, you'll probably think of that because that's probably the first time you saw him. Him and Iron Fist standing together in their weird, very classic superhero costumes. You know, mm-hmm. like it's a superhero costume. Right now, his outfit these days is a business suit. This is a superhero outfit. Like he, like he, you won't go outside looking like that unless you're going to whoop somebody's behind. Or you live in the seventies and you're in the middle of a black exploitation movie. Exactly, and that's what I love about the the books, the old books. They are basically a black exploitation movie, and somebody just drew it. Yeah, they just drew one. That, I and mean, it's it's amazing. He he's a direct result of that era. You know, Marvel is trying to capitalize on the popularity of black exploitation movies. It's like we need normal black character. I mean, it's like, and that's why Iron Fist came about the same time as well. Is because like, okay, so you had the whole kung fu craze back in the day. So let's let's create this character that you know has kung fu that performs kung fu, and same thing with Luke Cage. So seeing that, you know, and understanding that, understanding the warriors, yeah, this totally absolutely makes sense. So I love it. Do you actually read? a lot of the comics that Luke Cage has had besides the new run? And if so, did you like them? And if not, why did you never actually get into them? Um, in the 90s, when I first found out about him, I thought he was just another generic character that didn't really make any sense. Like, you know, this is just me, you know, you see Captain America, you see Iron Man, like more iconic characters. And don't get me wrong, Luke Cage is iconic in his own right, but I just didn't get it. I didn't start mm-hmm. reading Cage until... You know, he started showing up in Avengers, you know, when he was given like a, a more of a foreground. He became more of a foreground character in those. Uh, it was Civil War. It was um, Avengers Disassembled. Yeah. When he had, like, you know, he had more of a role in, in those things. And then I tried, tried, tried reading the Max series of Cage. And even though I love the artist, it was just a little too much for me at that point. Right. It was, it was too... It was too forced. It seemed like that character was way too forced, down to the, the headphones that he walked around with all the time. Yeah, it's it's a strange. There's a, there's a period in the 2000s where Luke Cage became a parody of himself, in just in terms of like look and feel, like as they were drawing him, and it, it was like you said, it was way too much. Like you're trying so hard to make him look like this it's not a stereotype, but it's like this, this vision of what you think like a hip hop yes. hero would look like. Absolutely. And you just, you just pour that into like this bucket, just like gobs and gobs of like, he needs attitude and needs glasses. He needs, he's got to be really big and buff and he's got to be, he, he can't wear a shirt. He can't be strong and wear a shirt. And he's like, it's it, it just, it just, like you said, felt forced. That's the best way to put it. Just really forced. Mm-hmm. And th- now the latest iteration, um, you know, like it, I, th- I think we both agree that it's a great series. And I, th- you know, um, you know, just interrupt me if you disagree, but I feel it works best because you have those two characters from the same era interact with one another, and they're allowed to have their own personalities based off one another. If that makes any sense, stop me if it doesn't. Are you are you referring to Luke Cage and uh, Iron, Iron Fist? Fist? Yes, Luke yeah. Cage. Yeah, Luke Cage. Because even back in the '90s, when I saw Iron Fist, right, the way he was represented, the, the artist that drew him back in the day, like I had a completely different understanding of who Iron Fist actually was. 
right? And based on the new series, like he's a he's a much more laid back. He kind of reminds me of Michelangelo from Ninja Turtles. Very, yeah, that's a good that's a good parallel. Yes, he's very he's very skilled, but he is very uh, nonchalant about yes. it all. Like he's in the new series. It, maybe this will entice somebody to read it, which I, I really hope this does. Uh, Luke Cage is a family man. He's with Jessica Jones. He has his his daughter, and he's done with the Heroes for Hire. Uh, <laughs> Iron Fist, on the other hand, really, really wants to get the gang back together. And he's very much into having Luke Cage be his partner again. And they basically get into uh, a, a problem, a scuffle, as all comic book characters do, which ends up putting them together again and reforming this team. Uh, and the whole time, Iron Fist is like, come on, man, you should just come back. It'll be great. And Luke Cage is like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm gonna f- I-, I told Jessica I wasn't going to do this. And he's like, and Iron Fist on the other side is like, you'll do it. It'll be fine. Y- y- you're going to join me. And he's like, no, I'm not. We're not back together. He goes, yeah, we are. It's, and it's that classic buddy cop. <laughs> oh, it's total buddy cop. Total friggin' uh, lethal weapon. Yes. It's, he's totally Danny Glover. He's too old for this. He's too old for this. And the other guy's like, nah, you're good. Everything's fine. I need you with me. Yeah. No, I, I'm, like, I'm, like, and you know, I'm seeing that dynamic is what's making me, and it still has the hints of its black exploitation roots on top of that as well. That feel as like, this is very modern day. The dialogue seems very natural for what it is, but at the same time, like I can still hear that 70s shaft dolomite soundtrack playing in the background and the i think the great thing about it is the writing they give him a reason to say really ridiculous things by saying that he's trying not to curse because his daughter asked him not to Mm -hmm. so every time he's going to curse he'll say something really strange it feels like a 70s saying and you're reading it and you're just like why did you say that and you go oh man he's like because i can't curse i have to say something else i have to say something PG for my daughter. So I like that little conceit to get him to say really funky stuff, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Let's talk about the, the upcoming show. Since we, we don't know a whole lot about it, but what, what are your thoughts going in to this new show? Based on the trailers of Scene Alone, it looks really well put together. Down, it's like, uh, down to the soundtrack, down to just a basic look. Um, I heard somebody talk about it the other day where it looks like every character seems fleshed out even mm-hmm. down to the bad guy himself. Forgive me. I can't remember his name right now. Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth. Like you, you just from the trailer alone, you could tell exactly what this character is all about. You know, you can tell what he idolizes and it, it seems like the soundtrack is going to be, you know, that third character in that, in that series. And I can't wait yeah. for that. They're, they're heavily pushing the soundtrack, and I'm really looking forward to it. I, they, they have a lot of... And this is, this is kind of what I like about it. The same thing we were talking about where they were forcing that hip-hop feel on some of the characterizations of Luke Cage earlier in the, the, the 2000s, mm-hmm. where he was kind of, kind of rough and a thug. This one is infusing that hip-hop culture into it with the music and the setting, where there's a picture of Cottonmouth with that... Uh, iconic painting of biggie with the the crown and it's behind cottonmouth and the crown is like framed in a certain way it looks like cottonmouth has the crown on his head yes 
just seeing that type of shot, you know, that's just a beautiful shot where you you pan over and you see that painting and you know exactly what this guy grew up listening to. You know what his influences were. You know why he's in the, the whatever, the drug game or the crime game. It's just that shot tells you so much about the the world in which Luke Cage is going to be operating. Cottonmouth runs that city or runs that part of town and you can see why you it's see har- where he's harlem let, let, let's get this straight he is harlem i can't wait i can't wait for this show yep how did you feel on his take in uh in jessica jones did you like uh did you like how he portrayed luke cage this is from just a straight standpoint like a, a fanboy standpoint his look had to grow on me because when i think luke cage i always felt like bigger like a rock physique mm-hmm. but you know, um, Michael Coltier called here. He oh, he's yeah. his, he grew on that role, and I really like it. Really like it. You know the the uh, the dynamic between him and Jessica Jessica Jones made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And then you could always tell when he you know that character had a, his painful past that he was trying to get away from, just like Jessica Jones. They were broken. They were yeah. both damaged superheroes mm-hmm. yeah it was a I, I i enjoyed the take as well there there's fun there is fun inside of luke cage's character like that we were speaking about his his catchphrase of sweet christmas which mm-hmm. is i still think is the worst but it's that type of uh that type of dialogue that we need well not that specifically but just that type of dialogue we need to just kind of pump things up and just round that flesh that character out a little bit because mm-hmm. he can't just be dark and, and sad all the time but with that being said do you think they're going to explore the lighter side because everything that i've seen so far it seems like the netflix universe of marvel television is the marvel knights version so everything's mm-hmm. going to be dour everything's going to be a little darker you know which gives them more time to flesh out these very insane bad guys yeah right and that's what makes it scary and i I want it to have a little more levity to it, but I don't think that's what they're going for. We're going to do a really fast, a good and bad uh, of the character, just to close everything out. So the highs of the character, what do you like most about the character of Luke Cage? I like what he's representative of. Even back to when he's created in the 70s, he was representative of movement of that time. And even though he was based off of black exploitation, like the black exploitation era, his stories had a very grounded, urban feel. And that sounds really weird saying out loud. Like, there should be a better way I could be able to put it. But he told stories that, you know, minorities can relate to. You know, mm-hmm. even down to, like, why he was in prison. You know, um, you know, his... Getting his, set up. Yeah, yeah, getting... He got set up by somebody, you know, he was just, a, you know, in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, just, you know, just a minority trying to do right. And he keeps getting into trouble... Because he's trying to do right, he, he's he's very he's very, he has a very uh, timeless feel almost at yes. least in terms of uh, black culture. Yes, you know, or or the the plight yeah. of the black man, as you would say. <laughs> he's like the stories in the book you can read, and like I said, it, it, it kind of translates to now. Yeah, here's a here's a nice little thing you guys can pick up: the epic collection Power Man and Iron Fist Heroes for Hire has a lot of the original 70s 
uh, stories of you know Luke Cage and Iron Fist and all the problems they they ran about. And it's it's like I said, it's basically a black exploitation movie somebody drew and put in a book. Here's my little even shorter list. I love his costume, like I said. I love the fact that he operated in the 70s. So we got amazing characters like a guy named Comanche. <laughs> the fact that he helps people. You know, he's, he's, he's this ground level hero. And one of the best things about the character, he was a freelancer. Yes. Which I, you and I both know how hard that is. He is a freelance superhero. Now, if you haven't listened to an earlier episode of the of Super Black where we discuss uh, how to be a superhero freelancer, Luke Cage and Iron Fist are basically the uh, the inspiration for that cast. So go back and listen to that, especially if you're a freelancer. There's some really good tips in there. All right, so the bad bad points. Do you have anything bad to say about Mr. Cage or or less than favorable? Oh, that's easy. The '90s. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Like that, that's all encompassing. Like if you if anybody's listening, just look up Luke Cage in the nineties. I don't have to get into it. It's just very weird time because they were. You, you could tell they ran to a rut. Like, what do we do with this character here? And they just kind of kept redesigning and making it a little weirder and making that belt a little bigger and that chain a little bulkier. Mm. And at one point, he just kind of sank into the background and just kind of went away. Yeah, mm-hmm. they made him a thug and. It's not how you capture a broader audience, you know? No. Like, I, I like to think that comic books bring people together, which is why I feel this podcast needs to exist. Like, you need to bring other people in who've never heard of, of Luke Cage. And the, the way not to do that is to make, take a negative stereotype of a certain people and attach it to an iconic character. Like, you can't, you can't sell that character to everybody. You can sell it to... Like one percent of one percent. Yep. Everybody else is just like I can't get behind that. Oh, here's a random idea. Can we dress up as uh, heroes for hire for Halloween? Which one are you, and which one am I? I'm totally Luke Cage. I'll shave my head bald. I have no problem with that at all. All right, you get that. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I am not shaving my head because I'm afraid it won't grow back. I can totally be. I can totally be Iron Fist. I need those collars. You see. I I will take that bullet, but then do I have to get the tattoo on my chest? I mean, you can paint it on. All right. So I say it wouldn't have to be a real tattoo. Like hell, I would you know just create a stencil like any graffiti artist and just spray it on there real quick, and you're good to go. I got to do a lot of bench presses to get my chest looking good to have like a shirt open for this. No, like it's like Danny Rand is skinny. Danny Rand is Bruce Lee. Is the- I'm not. Is what I'm saying. I mean, you're you're <laughs> That's not me. You're slenderer than I am. You can you can pull that off. It has to be like I'm not as big as Luke Cage, but I'm willing to go for it. How about we we do two decades of uh of Luke Cage? Like I'll be the '70s and you'll be the new one. All right. So all right. So either we'll we'll oh, shit. I want to do this now. We'll, <laughs> <laughs> if I can find me a yellow jacket, I will totally dress up in the '70s. If you want to do the 2000. 15 version of Luke Cage, or if I can find a dope-ass Iron Fist outfit, I'll wear that too. I can swap during the night. There you go. All right, we're going to discuss this off-cast. All right, yeah. so the bad, the bads of the 90s, and I think that one bad thing about uh, Luke Cage is a man called the Bushmaster. Oh, boy. That's all I'm going to say. All right, that is, that is our Luke Cage 
conversation. I hope you guys found a, a little more information about this character. Please watch the Netflix series. Why am I pimping the Netflix series as if everyone's not going to really watch it? Uh, but please watch that show and and, and support it because it's a, it's a great character. And uh, stay tuned for the rest of the show. All right, folks, we're going to try something new. We hope you enjoy this little thing. What we're going to do now is we're going to concept our own superhero. Now, we're going to take everything that we've learned over our decades and decades of being nerds. Uh, we're going to take the lessons learned from speaking about whatever hero we you heard about in the first section, and we're going to craft our own superhero, and you will be an active participant, hopefully. So... First question I would like to ask you, Dan: What makes a good super person? What's your what, what's your like a uh, not so much temp yeah template? What's your template for making a good super person? A good yeah that's a good I, I agree i think being a relatable character helps people helps bring more people in it helps uh you know ground the person i, I think that's a, a very important aspect so let's start off with what should we call this person i i'm, I'm thinking alter ego what kind of name should we we put on him and i think this might um inform the gender and the race of the character so what kind of names do you like I only have one, and mm -hmm. it's pretty biased. Simple, Good. super black. Okay. <laughs> but what? All right. All right. What about his alias? Like, what about the, the first, like first and last name of this person? Is it a person? Is it a man? Is it a woman? Is it a robot? I don't know. The, I don't know. I, the I don't know. Yet. It's like, you know, why we're here. I'm trying to figure it out. What's the, what's the, like, what would be the upside to having a robot super person? We wouldn't have to build in any superhero powers because kind of it's a robot, so they can be upgradable. But then you fall into the trap of having like a Mezo, where they just become gods. But and then they just stop being relatable in general. Like, are you giving yeah. this? Are, are you giving this character what kind of personality? Are you going to have him be Data from Star Trek? I if it was if it were to be a robot, it would have to be a robot that didn't know it was a robot. Ah, okay. So he, so well, you find it out like a couple of months down the road in some weird story arc. Yeah, maybe, maybe like really deep in it. Like maybe the last thing you find out is that it's a robot. All right, we're putting the horse before the carts. I, I think we put. I think we put the road and <laughs> and the house before the cart, the money, everything. Mm -hmm. we put everything. All right, let's let's back up. All right, super black. We're definitely gonna call it super black. I agree with you. That that that'll be the the code name. Which <laughs> for now, I think we'll say it's super black because that might get weird later on. So I'm going to write down super black colon. You know, there's there's a specific name that I always kick around in my head for some reason. Walter Monte. 
it's a terrible name, but I, I love how that sounds. What did I tell you? Mm-hmm. Ambulance. Yeah, that, what, that's oh, a fourth one today in the span of an hour? Maybe. Maybe. It's like they get a memo. It's like, oh, he's recording. <laughs> get, just, just drive down the street, man. Is anybody in the car? No, just, just go. Doesn't matter. Um, I, I, will, I like the name Walter Monte. But Weird. I want to kind of throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Let's back away from gender for, for a little while. Okay. And have it be ambiguous for a little while. Like have it be in costume for okay. for a few issues. So people are guessing, it's like, who are you? What are you? Okay. So all right, so then we, we are gonna, gonna completely take down what let's let's uh, save uh, name gender for another episode and we'll break down the basic look and feel mm-hmm. version one of this superhero. So, if we're going to cover this person's face head to toe, what does this costume look like? like this, is, this is the hardest thing. I mean, this, okay, this so is where... Okay, so just uh, uh, go with me on this one. All right, uh-huh. so NASA recently created a fabric where it is so black that your, your brain registers it as a hole in space. Wow. So what if this character literally got a hold of this billion-dollar fabric and created a costume that when you look at it, your brain thinks it's looking at a hole? Like, think Looney Tunes. When they run through a wall and create a shape of themselves? Yes. Like, oh, like like there's a a cut out in the universe? Yes. You're staring through? That's pretty goddamn sick. Yes. A hole in space, blacker than black, blacker than black. And this is why nobody knows the gender, that they can't tell what they're looking at. It's a silhouette, but their brain is just red. Like, imagine that looking at something, and your brain is registered as it's not actually there. It's just a hole in space. I Google it. It is even even on like the picture looks like what it says. I, I want to see that thing in person. It's to, called it's called super black material. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it is called super black material. All right, we can't not <laughs> right, I'm gonna put this your brain registers it as a whole as a as a tear in the universe. That's that's interesting and it 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 makes art easy for someone. <laughs> you know? Like yes. it's just like, hey. You see this outline here on the page? Just don't do anything there. Just, that's just black. Like, we're, we're gonna... imagine like this light does not reflect off of this like at all. Like, is, is is that how? I don't. Even, I'm not even sure how the science actually works. Like, is is it that it's reflecting? It doesn't reflect it. It just swallows the light up completely. It like a black hole. It just, yes. Everything it gets absorbed into. You know, that's an interesting. Just I I think from an even an art perspective. Would they cast a shadow? Because light would just be absorbed into the person. There would be nothing to. That's a good like, question. There, there would be no reflection there because all the light would just be absorbed into the outfit. Well, let's just say for the superhero's sake, that's exactly what happens. I'm not sure. No, uh, no, the actual material itself casts a shadow. Oh, okay. Yes. But but we're creating a super person, so we can say it doesn't. Yes, exactly. The fabric just absorbs everything. Absorbs all light around it. Does all right. So it sounds like this fabric is going to be the basis of a lot of the powers, at least to start, because it sounds mm-hmm. kind of dope. 
So guys, your first taste of our little creative studio where we're going to build a super black uh, superhero or hero or super person. We haven't even said if it's going to be a hero. Uh, the person's name is super black so far. And the basic look and feel is this person has found or this thing has found NASA fabric that is called super black fabric. I am I am not kidding. It is called super black fabric. And it is blacker than black. And in our story, it absorbs all light around it. This is a great time to introduce our new community section where you guys tell us what you would like to see about this hero. So for the first one, let's say, what do you think about this NASA fabric and in terms of the, the outfit? And remember, this is all in flux. So hit us up on Twitter at SuperBlackSays and share your thoughts. Oh, or bleh, head over to SuperBlack.co and go to the contact page and drop us a note. If you have any questions or, or things you want us to talk about in the cast or you want to pitch an idea for the superhero or supervillain or super person or super vehicle or something, you can send it through there and we'll get the, we'll get all your information. Dan, of course, it's always been a wonderful time having you on the podcast because you are the co-host and that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening to this edition of Super Black. See you later, folks. We are out.